doing, Tara Bang? How are you? How are you, Michelle? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I could be in Tara Bang. I have yeah. been. I have been in Tara Bang. I've listened to episodes. Yeah. We are all in Tara Bang. Yeah. So I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Good. Uh, how are you? Doing doing all right. Um, I must thank you. My my recent birthday has passed. Uh, my birthday has recently passed. I can't words. Um, and Michelle sent me this lovely book of Huga, um, the little book yeah. of Huga, and I have been enjoying savoring the little I, nuggets of wisdom from the pages. I really liked the pictures you sent me of it. Like it reads really well. Uh huh. Um, it reads super well, and it it was really enriching because sometimes it's not a typical self-help book in Terrabang. um i don't and i don't like self-help books yeah we talked about hookah like a bunch um typically around the beginning of fall season um and i just found this called little book of hookah but um yeah it seems based i didn't really know the contents so but stephanie kind of flipped through it and sent me photos um when she received it and I have definitely been recommended this book. It's by Mike Viking, Viking, um, who is the self-proclaimed CEO of the Happiness Research Institute, Copenhagen. I really hope this is an actual institute. And he it just is. Self-proclaimed. It is. Yeah. That is amazing. Stupendous. I did. I did fact check that before. Yeah. I feel like he would have looked. Wanted to be certain of it. That's incredible. So this book, it's. Um, it's not it's not just like a self-motivation book it's it, it actually does have like some facts and figures in it um some recipes has, there's some recipes some in recipes in there it's like a nice variety um and it kind of talks about like why different things are comforting to us and essentially it's like because we feel secure um it's about 200 pages it yeah is, it is pretty little I'm looking at the photo um, of the table of contents you sent but me. But it's so. it's very pleasing. It's got like a sort of dark blue, light blue, orange, and mustard yellow aesthetic, which I think is very like Danish, Scandinavian-ish. And um, it talks about like why certain stuff is comforting um, because it makes you feel safe, secure, like the steady kind of thing. Um, it's got some lovely recipes, as you mentioned. It's got like... Uh, you know different recommendations of like you know what to wear like wh- what are solid go-tos that are just always comforting like scarves or woolen socks and of course it's dependent on you know every person's preferences right it didn't seem like it was telling you you need to buy a scarf in this no. scarf. it was more of like this is something that people do like scarves can bring this kind mm-hmm. of joy and comfort to people but mm-hmm. it, it like so maybe if you're reading it and you're like i hate scarves because maybe you just don't like things around your neck or something mm-hmm. but it makes you think about well okay what does make me feel that level of comfort if it's not scarves mm-hmm. what else and so i think that's why it's nice it's universal. it kind of jogs the brain and yeah. instead of like dictates at you what to do yes. so that i find yeah. that kind of nice because you know like some of the things that it says uh for let's see the topic here is a hugo wish list and you know it says like a hugo frog which is like a, a little nook that's pretty fun um like a fireplace candles things made of wood nature books ceramics think tactile you know like textures and stuff um vintage blankets and cushions and you know 
you don't need to have all of them. You can have some of them, but just like little creature comforts. Um, and what's nice too of what I liked is how it's not just about certain time of year when the colder months. I believe there was a chapter called Summer. Yeah. So it like talks about different activities you can do during different parts of the year. Kind yeah. of just like to jog your brain because I'm a I'm a I'm a hermit, a home hermit, homebody. So I don't necessarily go outside voluntarily. So this is nice to remind me that oh yeah, walks walks outside are a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. I so yeah, I, thank you very much for this. You're lovely, absolutely welcome. Um gift. I know we try to kind of monitor both Stephanie and I have the issue of walking into bookstores and wanting to buy all the books. And we mm. both talked about how we have my bookshelf is not nearly as vast and rich as Stephanie's, but the same issue of buying books and not having the time to read the books and then continuing to just enjoy. I can't just peruse in the bookstores. I tend to just start grabbing things off the shelves and yeah. skimming yeah. them. And like I'll skim, I'll sit down and read a chapter or two, but I love this. And so I was very cognizant of like, well, I am buying her another book, but I feel this one should be okay. What's one yeah. more? Yeah. Definitely. Like you said, again, on my Amazon recommended, but never actually indulged. Ah, yeah. Lovely, lovely indulgence. I don't know where it will live. I don't know if it'll live on her bookshelf somewhere or. Um... It's currently on my Star Wars section because my Celtic, Norwegian, Nordic section is absolutely chock full okay so it's near that so it's, it's on the it's, border of it yes, or something okay yes it's, it's slightly further um upwards with the stars with up up in the stars yes in the stars well, Comfort in the stars oh lovely <laughs> uh yes happy birthday Stephanie. Thank i know you. everyone celebrates differently but yes and we aren't near each other um but I hope you had one little cupcake that took you weeks to finish. And um... mm. I still have a bit of my birthday cake. It still needs to be finished. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Happy birthday. And also just a nice time of us transitioning seasons a little bit um, mm-hmm. into fall where we're, where we're at. Mm-hmm. I think... Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that's been going on in my life. Mm. Not, and just drawing certain thoughts from it and just sharing those kind of uh, takeaways about it. So I think we've talked about how I live, uh, take care of some backyard animals, like stray animals. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to have an affinity my whole life towards small little forest creatures. Okay. Um, so whether that's... Our own very little Snow White over here. <laughs> whether that's squirrels or bunnies or raccoons. And then these are like very like, United States creatures. Uh, but I think everywhere has a similar version of this. Uh, so yeah, it was... So we're now um, kind of entering into October and this previous May it was I was woken up at 7 a.m. Um, by some loud yowling from some cats um, some stray cats outdoor cats and I've been taking care of a few cats nightly they usually just come and feed 
eat eat the food I put out for them. They leave or they sleep maybe or something. But yeah, I come outside. And when I come out on my back doorstep on the doormat is a dead mouse, like a killed mouse. And I look up and um, I have some cars parked, like a car, car park back there. And on the top of one of the cars, younger cat I've never seen before. It looks very scared and confused. And behind it is this larger cat who I've seen on the regular. I call it Stormy. Um, and they just had this really intense look uh, at me. And I felt, you know, you know, when you're just standing there, like I was barely vertical. I have corrective like contact lenses. I threw on my glasses. I'm still squinting and, <laughs> you know, shoved my feet into like two different kinds of shoes. Didn't put mm-hmm. the heels up, you know, and it's just kind of like hunkered, like just kind of hunched over. Like, what is this? Um, and uh, yeah. And so they both hopped down from the, from the car and I kind of looked at me and then like walked away and I was like. I just had this rush like you know how you see like lightning strike and the sound comes later I had this rush of like I've been chosen for something and I'm not sure Aww. what mm-hmm. that's the only that's it's just a sensation this read I got mm-hmm. it was this non-verbal it's very clear message I've been chosen for something I'm not sure what and then not even like four or five days later I'm out back doing some gardening things and the young cat I, I now call it, it tiger lily because um, of the day it showed up she showed mm-hmm. up for the long run a lily bloomed that day and Ooh. she has stripes in her tail um so Tyler showed up four days later and she began to just just set up tent set up camp in my backyard I learned oh. I kind of figured out a few months into the summer that she was pregnant so it made sense that um, the other cat is her mate I don't mm-hmm. want to assume like husband I don't, I, it's, it's it's weird to put like human terms on a certain situations. And I feel sure. like it's kind of limiting to describe things. Sure. Because I feel like Stormy is more than her mate because he has continued to be a present companion with her. Oh. Even after the kittens were have, are born, he's still yeah. showing up. And I know he sometimes has looked after the kittens while she comes out to feed and whatnot. So proper dad, proper cat daddy, um, <laughs> which is a dance move. And uh, a YouTuber. Oh really? Very okay. Successful. Yeah. Okay. A lot of advice. Funny. So ended up kind of taking care of her. Never had this experience before of like, wait a second, there's gonna be kittens in my backyard. Mm. What's going on? And then in my mind, I have a friend who is a big cat person. So he was a good source of support. He's actually planning to take in the mom, Tiger Lily. Um, because she loves him. They're very close and bonded. Mm-hmm. But oh. like this this sense of you know, do I intervene and like try to catch her before she gives birth to make sure the delivery is safe and because she needs to be vaccinated, she needs to be fixed. Um, I think she has like some kind of illness because she's just cannot keep weight on. And or do I just kind of like let it be and she'll have the kitten somewhere. Maybe she'll pick a spot in my backyard. I like sort of like kind of some make do shelter things to see if she liked him. She didn't. No offense taken. I didn't know what the preference is for, I'm not an interior designer of cat birthing shelters. So that's fine. But uh, I think especially because the dad kept coming around, I just felt I didn't want to tear up their family dynamic. Mm -hmm. She had the kittens. She hid them from me for like three weeks or four weeks. I didn't know where they were. Well, she's like nursing them, right? Yeah. And then it was one fine day. She showed up and like all of them 
she was parked outside my back door and I was on the way to work and I opened the door and she's just there and there's just like four kittens nursing from oh. her and I was like oh okay how big were they mm, in inches in length not including tail I don't know yeah five inches okay okay so like a solid uh you can fit them in the palm of your yes. hand. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. And they would have been about a month old at this point. Oh. And okay. she kind of looked at me and it was very clear. And then they, they're all scattered, of course, when I showed up. And then she made a point to like kind of grab one or two by the ear, bring them right to me to mm-hmm. like present them. And I was like, again, okay, I've been chosen. It was definitely clear from her of like, oh. these are my kittens. I may not love you very much, but I've been set to stay here at your place by my companion, who is a dominant male, and mm-hmm. we're going to have to raise these kittens together. And I'm like, okay, fine. So that was been several weeks since now the kittens are probably nearing 10 weeks at this point. Okay. They're huge because they're eating like you wouldn't believe. I am constantly going to the market to get more kitten food. And yeah. It's given me a slight taste of motherhood. I'm not saying it's anywhere near actual motherhood, Aww, but right. Um, noticing, you gotta you gotta nurture, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're outdoors still. So I think, and so now I'm trying to get more comfortable with them. I'd like to be able to take them in and bring them into a shelter or a vet for them to get checked out, make sure everyone's healthy. So sure. slowly working to there. But with all that, um, yeah, just these kind of takeaways of. When, when you've been chosen by something that's kind of completely external like that, and it might be by a person, or in my case, it was an animal. And, you know, from that experience, I got kind of got the sense of, you know, I was chosen because for some reason I had qualities that they could trust. They right. felt safe. Oh. And I wanted to know, so there was that. And, you know, my backyard is kind of like a children's playground at this point for kittens. Oh, um, they just play out there. I have a built a little safe space. It's safe a safe place. place. So they're always climbing up the ladders and hopping off. They're like doing parkour stuff. They love. Yes. To play. I built them like these. My, my Are they doing help. cat passes? Yes. And with my neighbor's help, we built these condos out of okay. wood and straw and tarp. And they have little balconies and different levels and stuff. And they love it. They like to play defend the castle, it appears, every night. Because every morning, all of the straw that's inside the condo is out on the ground. And then I will put it back in <laughs> to keep them warm because it's getting a little chillier here. And then over the, ne- over the next day, in the morning again, it's all back on the ground. And they yeah. just seem to... And I, and I have security cam footage. You can see them just jumping off the top level. And Amazing. And hopping back in and stuff. So the other thing I wanted to just bring up is... Um, kind of not a sense of ownership, but I'm not even, you know, I don't even call it like my backyard. I'm renting. Um, yeah. I'm, a, I'm not a homeowner. I'm renting the apartment, uh-huh. the flat I'm in, but I am the person who kind of uses that space the most. And I know with like the, the concept, the philosophy of ownership is very confusing, but you know, sometimes when I'm out there at night at midnight feeding them and just seeing all the toys there, all the games are playing out there. It's like, Who's borrowing from who? Because I feel like I'm bo- when I'm back there, I'm in their space. Mm-hmm. No longer the opposite. So just wanted to bring that up of, you know, interrogating Stephanie. Like, have you ever had that experience where you didn't, you were just going about your life? You know, I enjoyed feeding the cats, no problem. Some raccoons pop in, a possum showed up, you know. 
but being chosen for this kind of important thing from the cat's perspective. Um, for some reason, they thought I was a good person to trust. Um, also the idea of like kind of live and let live, like my decision to just say, you know what, I, even if I think I know what the right thing is to do, let me see it from their perspective and, you know, what's the harm. And there is some harm with like letting stray cats continue to live out back and the mom could have died in delivery or something, but, you know, just letting, yeah, letting it go naturally in a way. But, and then thirdly is kind of, um, yeah, like who owns what, who's borrowing from who in terms of space and things. But of course, if any, if, if, if that, uh, if that story brought any other thoughts up for you both. No, it doesn't really do it as much for me. I have a cat in Terabang, um, but it's very much my space and my cat is living in it. Um, cause I'm you, a strict mom. Were you live? you were living and then you adopted yes like, yeah, you're well, living in your apartment for a bit so my i had moved into this apartment um but like with the intention of getting a cat pretty soon but the one that i wanted to adopt the one i ended up getting um he had like cat flu it was like upper i forgot what the feeling like respiratory something yeah um so the adoption center very kindly um, took care of him for a couple months while I was like still getting cat materials um, to get cat proof the the place. Um, so there was a bit of time where I was able to prep and like make my home my home rather than us make it home together, which is probably for the best. Um, it did work out, I think. Yeah, I think it made you really feel like, okay, I'm ready for this. I've set my boundaries. You know, this is where a cat can be. This is where a cat cannot be. Um, and then I've kind of like more or less trained him to to be in the cat exclusive places but then now i'm kind of like well you've behaved well so now you can come to the kids on non non cat lot places and usually it's fine so and from your understanding he was born like always as an indoor cat wasn't well actually i think he was found in the wild so he may have had a similar situation to yours so um he uh I think he came in with like three siblings to the adoption center, uh, the the vet place, or not vet place, but the, the adoption place. Um, I don't know if they found the mom, but he had one brother and two sisters. One sister passed away do, when they were doing some like stomach surgery, so that was unfortunate. Um, mm. But uh, the brother, I think, was like siamese and the sister was like orange or something or vice versa and he's a tabby like a gray black and white sort of tabby not black and white but like gray grayish streaky like mcgonagall <laughs> professor mcgonagall is a cat um not a mackerel tabby which i i think is i think the term is classic tabby if you guys look up the image i think mackerel tabby is like the ones with those normal straight stripes classic tabby the it's kind of like big old spots but just kind of scattered around so that's my cat he's very cute um but he was very friendly towards me um other cats were 
not like actually i came in looking for at a different cat who looked very gorgeous on the website but apparently he wasn't very well socialized so he um was like hissing and spitting when when i tried to visit him um and they put me in the room with him um just seven us to get to know each other whereas when i love i love that like speed dating environment of yeah you're like you sit in a room with this animal they were like they were like how old do you want and i was like I'm not sure if I'm ready for like an adult one yet. Cause like if they start to have, and I felt bad about that. Cause you know, if they start to have trouble, like they need someone to care for them and the adoption place may not, you know, have the resources for that. But I was like, I'm just starting out. I don't think I necessarily have the resources for that either. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't want a kitten because I would be home all day. So I wouldn't be able to like, like it's not fair for the kitten to not have someone to play with. Um, and I don't have, space for two so then i was like maybe a teenage kitten maybe a teenage cat would be good so the one i ended up getting was a teenage cat and uh he he was very friendly he came right up to me so i guess i was chosen in that regard like he just kept nuzzling me and also Mm. the black cats kept nuzzling me but they also kept um like trying to bite my fingers and while i understand it is a affectionate term of endearment I had no desire to be eaten alive by cats. And for some reason, it was just very delicious to all the black cats, but not any of the other tech cats, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but the one I ended up getting, he was just purring right along. Like I'd never mm-hmm. heard a cat purr before. And this is like a full on oh. jag motor. Just going like, and like, you oh. can feel the, um, the thing. So, and then I've since looked it up through cat daddy and many other cat, um, youtube resources and the reasons that cats purr is like a self-soothing not reflex but like it helps them cope you know um i guess like in the in the autistic community they would call it like stimming you know like when people sort of shake their legs as they're like thinking or listening and just taking things in and it's like some activity that kind of helps keep you um kind of like calm or like in 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 a mode right um and so purring kind of helps cats and they do that when they feel safe and they feel content kind of like Huga. Um, it's a it's a good meditation practice it's yeah and it's a vasovagal practice yeah for humans to do if you do like a humming in your throat it traces it it's the same sensation where it helps regulate your your breathing pattern your breathing and yeah because your your vagal nerve kind of connects to and innervates all of those yeah. things so mm-hmm. so i i thought that was the most amazing magical thing um to like be so near and then he was just so open to letting me um near him like that and then so now sometimes i use him as a pillow <laughs> well, like temporary so i'm not squishing him but you know it's yeah. it's very nice when he's like oh. purring and then my head's on him and it's like oh so yeah. in that sense, I guess I, I was, I felt chosen because, um, you know, the, the, the classic saying is the cat chooses the owner, not the other way around. Yes, that's true. That is. So, kind of I mean, I think, past. I think it is a two-way process. I mean, it would be a kind of cruel human to turn a cat, turn a cat away, but um, yeah. So, so I kind of appreciated and enjoyed that. Um well, it's kind so, of just like, and, and you yeah. can just like send it out to any kind of life opportunity that comes your way and you might not fully expect it and do you say no i'm okay i'd rather just stay in my own little safe bubble over here or you say no i'll go for this i don't know yeah, what, i yeah. don't know what's going to come of it but i feel like i can handle it kind of and we'll figure it out 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I didn't come from like an animal raising background. So I was not necessarily au fait about like all the behaviors and, and of stuff. So, and of course, mm-hmm. it took a learning curve to for us to get to know each other. But eventually, you know, it all worked out. So I think we're happy chums now. So you feel your kind of the space is shared or it still is mainly your space? Mm, I think it's still mainly my space. I think he's, uh, I change up the layout every now and again. So he's got like some space to explore or like different obstacles. And I, I definitely see a little bit of the parkour happening around. So I was just telling Michelle before we started recording um, that uh, my cat, he's he's very... Um, respectful i suppose of of so far of like morning and evening routines so Mm -hmm. like when i get up that's when he'll start doing his morning jog around the apartment and then when i come back um and change from like work clothes to to normal casual clothes is when he'll do his like afternoon evening run um but like not before because like we have neighbors where um we can definitely hear the cats way early in the morning. We're just doing their morning run because that's that's the time that they're awake. You know, just mm-hmm. like your your cats that are outside. Well, and if the neighbor has more than one cat. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they buddy up together. Um. Well, no. So uh, I was talking to my next door neighbor on the same level, and we had both commented that the two neighbors who lived above each of our units, um, their cats run at you know in the evening nighttime when everyone else is sleeping right so but like, I'm, oh, just, yeah. I'm just trying to see does each person own more than one cat no i think everyone only has one cat oh okay yeah um i don't think at least the space that we've got i don't think this is is more than a one cat territory place um but it seems like the the upstairs two units of cats have sort of similar slash sync schedules (laughs) and so they run in the evening i mean cats are supposed to be naturally nocturnal um and i think my cat while he may be nocturnal he he prefers to just kind of like sit on a bed or like sit nearby in the bedroom area in the evening and just kind of like either snooze away or just be kind of silent you know if he goes to the bathroom it's it's a quiet trot. It's not it's not like a full on pelt like some of the neighbors, um, mm. felines are. So I thought that's quite dainty and respectful of him not to like go around and go full sprint in places. It reminds me a bit of uh, that film. There's been a few films that have had takes on this, but I think that it's called Secret Life of Pets. It's a kids movie. Yes. It's yeah. like I think there's just a few of them out now. It's animated and but it just. It just explores, I think it's set in a city, maybe New York City or Chicago or something, but yeah. the premise it's it just follows what what do they do what when these the pets are not around yeah, in a, in a city? Because it's like it shows like all the different apartment buildings or something and, mm-hmm. and the animals, there's interspecial communication. They can all talk to each other. Uh in but, English. In English as well. <laughs> Basic English. But yeah, it is kind of funny. And I think there's like the opening scene. I think I saw part of it while uh, while flying on an airplane. And the opening scene was great because it just showed what each little creature animal did when their humans mm. went to work or something. Like, in, mm-hmm. like a, And like they were kind of like secretive, like a hamster, like there's like a guinea pig or something like had this secret boss life. And then a, yeah. a cat. He's like, was, he's like a mob boss. A mob boss. And but the dog would just stare at the door or something yeah. like the whole day or something. And yeah. Um, like they 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 are, they are 
I think the main one was supposed to be very vapid or something, right? Yeah, based on how they look or something, based how yeah, or or it kind of did a funny take on how a lot of times the the humans look like the pets in some way. Um, <laughs> if they were like tall and blonde, they had like a slim pet with like blonde hair as well, blonde yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of it was kind of a I think it's kind of fascination of what do, you know what do they do all day? Mm-hmm. We're gone and how they and how yeah even those characters were shaping their lives around the human schedule. Mm-hmm. everything had to be wrapped up by the time they got home everything had to look like it's like, a, it's like toy story you know like, yeah, everything's got to yeah. be back in the same same spot before as before so yeah but no i just wanted to i just want to talk about that it is kind of a little bit of my life right now um we'll see what happens hoping i'm able to bring them in for them to be healthy and that would be interesting if one of them could become like your cat stephanie and find yeah find a lovely home um yeah nice warm cozy yes, well, yeah yeah it, it is getting chillier where i'm at uh, at night so only so much those straw condos can do mm-hmm. uh but yeah i just wanted to kind of have those thinking uh thinking points to share with, with with you both and um i don't know new things i've had while i've been sitting out on my gravel driveway in the back trying to get you know uh feral kittens to not run away from me uh, <laughs> as they like peek out and they're very curious and oh um, yeah they like peek out of the building next to mine but it's like those like tv sitcom bits where like the he- the heads come out on like they peek out around the wall one on top they- of each other yeah and there's like four of them and then like the fourth one like trips and like falls tumbles forward and they all oh. freak out and scamper it's they're very cartoon scooby-doo <laughs> they're very scooby-doo like yeah um, one of them is fascinated with grass, blades of grass. Oh, amazing. Anytime like a wind blows, a regular, then... a regular old Walt Whitman here. Yeah, and he just it just starts like pouncing on it, and just oh, goes for it. But uh, very cute. Um, I found myself to be like a very calming presence, and then I think that's why like the animals come to me because mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like there. I'm not I'm not as jittery or jumpy as them, and so then they're like, oh, I yeah. See. It's a very steady presence. There have been times I've gone back there to like yeah. throw out my my garbage because that's where also where the bins are, and uh-huh. I definitely feel like I'm walking in at a party I'm not invited to. I just get a bunch of looks. <laughs> the weird neighbor. Yeah, I mean, I am pretty weird looking. I'm gangly and super tall. I can also you're walking become... on two legs. Yeah, I can be become... like furless, furless, and, and I I probably smell weird, weird stuff, and then. I'm really tall, but I can also be kind of small when I crouch down. So it's confusing how that works. Yeah. And I make weird noises out of my mouth. So. Very bizarre. Yeah. We have some music to share. We do. We do. And um, I'm shocked that the list is coming mostly from Michelle at the moment. Well, you Um, did most of them last time, last episode. I mean, like we had the we had the songs right. from the perfume commercials but like the extra like what have you just been listening to those were from you that's right um, that's right we tend to i'd like to think i haven't formally tallied it all but i like to think that we kind of balance each other out i think we do um in the long just, run in the grand it's just given things. given the the topic of yes. this playlist i just feel like i was a little sneaky with you on this it one. was i'm i'm very impressed and very proud um so without further ado take it away <laughs> so 
I think it was just an earworm that I had this week while at work. And, you know, I just like don't know what people did before you could just plug in your headphones at work and listen to songs willy nilly. Like I had this song. I have and no idea. It was like. It doesn't make sense. You just like let it listen to the office noise, like what other people were talking about and just like the quietness. Like you couldn't just say, hey, I need to write this paper or report or something for the next three hours I have nothing going on I do in silence I would you know what I I do have something to add to that um so in my recent line of work Mm -hmm. I have had to essentially work in silence because um when I find myself like doing very mechanical stuff that I I know how to do like it doesn't require a lot of thinking then I can listen to music yeah but if I need to do like a lot of critical thinking, like wordplay and stuff like that, not wordplay, but like seeing if words make logical sense, um, then I can't have oh, too yes. much music going on. I and so well. as a result, yeah. I haven't had to, I haven't had the opportunity to listen to much in the way of music mm, uh, the past couple weeks. Okay. Um, that was new or anything like that. So that yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. It is kind of like infuriating to think about if you're in such a, if you're so used to like living in a musical world. Well, this is like instant gratification. So I had this song stuck in mm-hmm. my head. I hadn't heard mm-hmm. it. I mean, I probably listened to it maybe six months ago, if not a year. Like I've liked this song for 10 plus years. It was just in my head, just the earworm. And I was like, oh, I just got this itch. I just want to listen to it. And I'm able to do that. I just plug in my headphones. I have my work laptop I'm at my desk and I just pull up YouTube and play it. And it's like, ah, I like this song. And also I just had like an open morning to get work done. And it wasn't like intense writing I had to do. Like you're saying, Stephanie, where if that was the case, I wouldn't have to have silence. So I could actually focus on what I was writing. It's just like emails, a few data tables and things. So um, it was nice to kind of listen to a few songs. And I and I added, I don't know, listen to, to today's playlist. So I'll open up the song I was initially talking about is Right Here, Right Now by Fatboy Slim, whose real name is Norman Cook, is a British DJ that's dance electronic music. I had uh, no idea he was British. I thought he was American. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. This is from mid to late 90s. Um, okay. And then I think he can kind of, he's kind of continued to release stuff since, but kind of debuted, I think, mid 90s and, um, what is the album was called um it was what was it called it was in the late 90s um you come a long way baby i think yeah you come a long way baby is the name of the album that songs and femme fat boy slim are featured or from that album was released almost 25 years ago so mm-hmm. kind of an anniversary a little bit nice um so yes i really like the song right here right now it's got this nice orchestral a sample um from another song i can't remember what it's called something with the word ashes in it um but it has a good 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 mix it's got kind of a auto-tune voice in the background with the orchestra sound builds up nicely um kind of has like an ethereal sound to it as well Ooh, and when, when you hear that it's from 1998 you're like it sounds kind of like on that 
I just like, and I think we talked about this in previous episodes. I just, I think music from that time was really interesting because there was just this intense excitement about Y2K and this burgeoning use of technology and mm-hmm. mixing music and sound and like, what was the new millennia going to be like? Uh, mm. I felt was like it was super futuristic. It was futuristic, say? but also like a lot of music was being nostalgic and doing like a, you know, now we always have the Google year and review stuff. It's so common mm. now to have, but like at that time, those things didn't auto populate. People had to like create those from scratch. So I feel like music at that time was trying to just summarize the entire century of sound <laughs> and songs. So that's why there's like some classic, mm-hmm. a little bit of funk, this new electronic noise stuff, which was neat. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like right here, right now, displays that really well. This next song, again, from the same album from Fatboy Slim, Weapon of Choice, is fun and groovy. It's got, I think it was made most famous by uh, the music video for it. It features the actor Christopher Walken, who I think people know for him to be like a very serious actor, but he has like a very extensive training in dance. And Mm. so it's just him dancing around very jazzily and kind of silly. And it was definitely a genre switch for him uh but it's a good good funk song uh would you say that it needs more cowbell i think i think people probably have thought that um since since that snl skit he he gets started (laughs) yeah so i like weapon of choice uh praise you is great use of just a simple piano melody as kind of the core of the song and it's got a little bit of a gospel aspect to it Okay, okay. Um, with the with the male vocalist there. And then yeah, the whole album is great. These are just the ones that sing out to me. Also, these tend to really get stuck in your head. So mm. fair warning, uh, when you listen to this playlist. The last is um uh the Rockefeller Skank, also by <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Jeremy. We we talked about how we, our music playlists. We type it out on like an online PowerPoint Google slide. So it's all typed out so we can read it off and we make sure everything is coordinated well between the two of us of who's describing what song. And Stephanie does a fantastic job most every time. Sometimes I do it, but she usually does it. I'm kind of picking like uh, an image that kind of goes what with the music we picked. And um, we had a nice one about a band we're going to share later on in a bit already. And that we, it was great. And Stephanie set the story behind it. But I'm mid-reading this line for Rockefeller Skank. And before I could read it, <laughs> the entire slide gets pasted over by a blown up picture of Ryan Gosling from the Barbie movie when he's singing, I am Ken. I'm just Ken. Oh, I just didn't. I, yeah, I didn't I, know what size it was gonna be. It just <laughs> took up the. It ballooned <laughs> bigger than I, you know, my wildest imagination. Oh, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she quickly made it smaller to try to like quickly brush it into the rug, but it's like, nope. You just flashed that on the screen out of nowhere. We weren't talking about this beforehand, really. We kind of talked a little bit about the Dua Lipa music, but not about. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so sorry, totally caught off guard. 
Um, Rockefeller Skank by Catboy Slim um, is really fun. Definitely a It's really jam. catchy. It's, it's really super catchy. catchy. Super catchy. Uh, was featured, I think, in the dance-off scene from She's All That, which was a fun rom-com movie. Um, but yeah, fun to jam out. Definitely good jam out songs. So that was Fatboy Slim. Uh, from there, again, I'm still at work. Headphones in. I have some time still before my next meeting. I I took this dance workshop uh, last week, last weekend. And the teacher kind of taught in a style of like house, a little bit of house mm. groove. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And not that we like the structure of the workshop, we did like some warm up songs where it's like you kind of followed the leader. Like he did like four counts of moves and like you repeated and stuff. And like we kind of just did that to several songs back to back. Um, so not we didn't play these songs, but they kind of had a similar vibe um, from Daft Punk. So mm. these are pretty, like, I think one of their more famous songs. Um, but I was listening to Around the World and One More Time by them. And um, classic, classic. It's fun. Yeah, again, kind of had pulled the elements of disco, but also kind of the electronic dance and just like a nice, nice groove, nice beat to it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I was just jamming out um, kind of late Friday morning. And it was lovely. Got me in the right mood. Side. I did kind of cruise. Sounds like a great day. Friday morning. Yeah, it was very pleasant. Um, so that's kind of um, yeah. The next one, I I was trying to follow the same theme of uh, Daft Punk and Fatboy Slim. So I was looking at um, like what the other like their offshoot versions of themselves had done, like when they sort of like were doing their own thing. And I was looking up, you know, Creed Amore, The Nightclub, which is Guy Manuel's um, side gig, if you will. And I saw that he remixed um, the Daft Punk song Technologic, which I love that he remixed his own song. Right. Um, which Maybe he I was guess... a little sour on how the production, final production was. He's like, no, this is how I wanted it. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was like too much tomah and then he just wanted to do some more. Or like maybe, you know, like like an artist never thinks their work is perfect sometimes. Per, you know, so um perhaps he's like, you know, a year or so later, maybe this is this is how I need to resend this one out into the world. So yeah. it's a slightly different take. And I, I appreciate that it's a remix of his his own song. <laughs> Cool. I feel like oftentimes we get How, we get remixes from other people, but we what never year, get. What year? What year did the original song come out, and what year what did the remix? Come out? <sighs> Good question. I'll put you on a on a quick pedestal, but I'm kind of curious to just to think about how much time has elapsed, or so. You know, go ahead. YouTube says it released uh, as a second signal in 2005, um, and then what? What was 2005? The original technologic. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think, yeah. And then Reddit is saying, does this really exist? Um, This is on the Daft Punk subreddit. And I am trying to find when it was remixed. Apparently, some people are questioning its authenticity. So perhaps it is just a fan remix. 
but I am seeing YouTube go back all the way to 2008 for this, so potentially 2008. A couple years, maybe. Okay, so not a, not a big yeah. amount of time, but okay. It's not in 2014, but I think that it might be reposted 2008 version. But okay. yeah, so I hope this is genuinely. Um, but you like Manuel's. it, Manuel's. I mean, I only heard a few <laughs> minutes of the song, so the whole thing. But it's pretty. I think it's decent. It's it's you know, it's it's more of that kind of like um, more of a deaf punk flavor. So, <laughs> can never yeah. say no to that. And then you had another one, right? I had one more. And yeah, I kind of listened to it like Friday once I got, well, when I was like on my way home from work. So it was kind of mm-hmm. like weekend time song. Um, another song that I kind of totally forgotten about. It's called Music Sounds Better With You. The group is mm-hmm. Stardust. So it kind of is a early 2010s pop mm-hmm. electronic song. So I think it was sweet. You do know that it, it was made by Tomah, right? yeah okay 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 great yeah so that's why it kind of came up in my mind like later in the day of like oh it's also related um so yeah those were those were my songs good good earworms um and then and then so since you're talking so much about like songs in the office and stuff like that you were thinking of this week um it just occurred to me that i guess everyone for the past couple of months has been talking about the Barbie movie and I know it's a bit cliche to kind of rehash this but um Dua Lipa's Dance the Night has kind of been circling my head a little bit um partially because it's like disco and it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Daft Punk's origins right um because I think Tomas started with his dad was like a disco producer mm-hmm. um so I thought that was kind of fun that it's kind of come full circle to like, you know, back to the 70s and I guess now we're to the 90s era again. Mm-hmm. And then um, more importantly, <laughs> the cause of our uh, amusement is, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling's I'm Just Ken. I think it's it's probably one of the most uh, innovative pieces of music we've had in, in quite a while this year. Uh I would compare it to Bohemian Rhapsody, but perhaps that is a grand comparison. But it's kind of all over the place. But it's such a great... He puts so much emotion into it. It's a beautiful ballad. I mean, Slash, the guitarist, does a solo. Yeah. So. Does he? I didn't know he was involved. I know um, Mark Ronson was was one of the music yep. producers for and this. He produced it, yeah. It was a, yeah. So people are whispering Oscars for this and, you know, um, Oscar for Ryan Gosling as a supporting actor for this movie. So I hope this, this is, this comes true. Um, because like, just listen to the, the version on Spotify. Like you can feel the emotion, the anguish, the angst of being Ken. And, um, maybe I'm not so familiar with like music that comes from the, uh, like, the world of musicals <laughs> but i don't necessarily get that sense of like raw emotion from there i always hear like a very practiced um voice of you know like oh like you know that, that you, you know that they're a good singer mm-hmm. right but the emotion doesn't necessarily show the tremors you know the imperfections they don't necessarily show through because they're they're such um well-trained not that ryan gosling isn't well-trained but like he he's able to let the 
the the wavering parts of you know like his voice through um let it wobble so i thought that was quite cool that um it came through in that performance so it's i've i've had that song on repeat for almost like four weeks now (laughs) and um i went to go uh to a different city with one of my coworker friends and we put it on as like our last song as she was about to drop me off home and uh i think she was surprised with how well i knew the lyrics and like the cadences of each thing and i'm like well i did tell you i was listening to nothing but this so um it's it's a solid hit. it's a solid hit it's a solid bob and so that's why this is my <laughs> my magnum opus <laughs> um ending this and and the picture that i that i have plastered used. splat all over so originally i gotta i gotta preface this i wanted to make it less shocking um so the original photo was going to be the shirtless version of him like kind of doing almost a thinker pose right but i thought that might be a little bit much for our sensibilities here at at what about so i used the version where he's got like the um the giant still got the fur coat on it's still still like the the lightning bandana and it's the beginning of the song head tossed to the side they're still Um, on the beach they're still they're still dramatic they're about to do the beach fight so it's still in the beginning of the song yeah yeah and but you can tell he's in the the throes of passion as he's uh trying to like dramatically say he's just ken anybody else um yeah yeah so so it's a amazing tremendous song tremendous i have a short story about these songs so i do a morning workout group and it's Mm. it's peer led and Mm -hmm. um I, we were talking, this is over the summer and sometimes you can do whatever theme you want to do. You can do whatever kind of workout you want to do. It's pretty casual. It's pretty fun and flexible. Mm-hmm. And I had done like, a, I have my background in dance. I kind of like teaching dance and movement classes. So I've led it once before. I just did like, picked a few random songs that kind of went together. It wasn't all dancey stuff, We but it was kind of choreographed lightly about what your ex- exercises you're doing in the song. But we're talking as a group after one one week's workout and someone's like, oh, you yourself want to do a Barbie workout, like the Barbie movie workout. Mm-hmm. I thought oh, that'd be cool. And I hadn't seen the film yet. I was fixing to uh, just hadn't got around to it yet. But for some reason, I was like, I'll do it. Because um, I was familiar with some of the soundtrack because like, yeah, the Dua Lipa song had already come out on the radio and uh, it's, it's used to promote the film and everything. And um, yeah, so I went to go see the film. And then I just really studied the soundtrack immensely. And I just put together this whole workout routine, 45 minute workout routine with the songs, the soundtrack. So like, can't think of anyone better to do it. I memorized all the choreography that was done in the movie to dance tonight. And I like, you did. I was just about to ask you. Taught it to the group. And then we did like different synchronization stuff, like to like the Lizzo song that's in the beginning. And I would do like workout stations. So for the I'm a Barbie girl, you had to like do like a, like pretending you're a Barbie and like walk like straight and stuff like on your toes. For, no like, armature, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and like we're on a basketball court, so like there's like lines to follow and stuff. So you like walk. So on you're your all toes. you're on tiptoe, yeah, yeah. There's about ten of us. It's mixed mixed gender and mixed ages and stuff. And so walk on your toes. And then I had like basketballs. We had to like toss, have a partner and toss the basketball with like straight arms though. 
And then it was like another kind of like stiff, like, like little X kicks. You like kick your legs straight up and like down. And then um, in the movie, they talk about like how she's like tries to pour stuff out of a cup, but her hands are fixed. Sure. I had cups of water and you need a partner and try to pour it into your partner's cup and not spill the water mm. times. Um, I then another station set up. I had another one of the songs. It was like the Sam Smith one about being a man and stuff. And, um, <laughs> you know, we had, we did like running drills and we run ladders and then I had frisbees and like those Velcro like balls. You you had properly planned this out. Yeah, I know. You I went like nuts. went full out. Yeah, I went nuts with it. Um, in that one, you had to like toss the ball with your dad and talk about okay trauma issues. Okay. Generational issues. <laughs> okay. Um, definitely tongue in cheek. Uh huh. So it was like the man song or something. Okay. So you like run drills and then toss the ball with your dad. Yeah. Five or six times and you like just yell out like the issues you had with each other yeah not even with your dad it's like your father figure when it's being inclusive of everybody and then i had you know those five gallon buckets you get from like the hardware store like home depot or lowe's or whatnot man, man i am is the name man i am yes that's what it is thank you um i filled those up with water and they were sealed and the spit was you had to you know farmers carry like we had to carry the buckets like back and forth uh-huh. but the idea uh-huh. like you have to like carry barbie shopping bags like it's annoying ah Yes. So everyone's like, this good old kinda, workout. I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. Like, it's like, you gotta be a man and do <laughs> carry Barbie sh- shopping bags because yeah. you're Ken. Yeah. And then for I'm just Ken, mm. got everyone in a big circle. So about 10 or 12 of us. And I put, I kind of like had like the water buckets kind of like to help frame the circle. And, um, you know, this from the movie Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Um, speech that William Wallace gives before kind of the last final battle motivation mm-hmm. I recited that speech um but I changed the words to, to be about Ken and Barbie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how frustrating it is to be Ken and how we have to fight for Ken's and for our inner Ken and be ourselves and I was trying to like get people to like hate each other like the person across from you embodies everything that makes you upset and makes you feel inadequate that you're not enough you're not enough. Yeah. That person makes you're, you feel like you're, you're not, not enough. enough. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I did a version of the Barry Pot speech and then cue music. I'm just mm-hmm. Ken. We do the beginning part where it's kind of slow as like a little power yoga sequence, like build up strength and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just kind of do a nice simple flow through that basic sun salutation A kind of thing. And then as the music picks up for like the solo stuff, I'm like, all right, everybody, I'm going to look so the water buckets were covered. So I didn't think want things to spill out. It was like tape mm-hmm. trash bags. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, everybody, turn to your side and tear open your water buckets. And it was filled with water balloons. Ooh. And I said, let it rip. And then Amazing. a water balloon battle ensued. This is, by the way, 7.15 in the morning. With full grown adults. Full grown adults. Um, kind of in a popularish neighborhood park. And everyone just went nuts. There's someone <laughs> in the movie. And people, because it's more of like a shock. Of, right. Oh my God, she actually brought water balloons. Uh, 400 of them. How long did this take to fill up? They got the better, their Target sells ones that fill, they're all like connected to the same um, 
Oh, so you don't have to individually like go. No, they are so easy now. Then how do you how do you tie up the thing? Um, they have it off like a. They pull off and they have a rubber band already pre on it, preloaded on it. So you just yank it off of the umbilical cord thing. Oh, so you don't have to tie it. The the rubber band just kind of cinches it in. Yeah, you. It's a limit on how much you could fill them up before they pop out. Right, but but it was fine. It was fine. But yeah, mind blown, amazing. Whoever invented that, crazy. Because hats off. You're absolutely right hand doing that would have been insane but uh yeah so it that song most of the people by the time i'd seen the film as stuffy says it's it is a legitimately well produced and well done song phenomenon and uh i that was once every 10 years guys very pleased if that even the that group was on board with the shenanigans as that workout um but yeah i wanted to just share that so i i have listened to those songs a bunch of times to prepare for that and it was fun but I, I kind of moved on but i'm glad that stephanie's still enjoying them yeah i i know like tiktok and youtube shorts they've like ruined it because everyone's just kind of redoing their own version but oh, like okay you, you know everyone's kind of connecting to it on like their own level so i appreciate that everyone kind of relates it in their own way and i yeah. i love that yeah. um so yeah that that's our list submission yes <laughs> it evolved from <laughs> fat boy slim all the way to i think i wrote argos for ryan gosling rygos yeah. rygos <laughs> amazing so uh what a have fun with that Sherbank. yeah all right um that's it well thanks and for listening in on another episode and exactly. hope you have a lovely week see you next time <laughs>